0: John B. McClendon pioneered it, Rick Pitino mastered it, and Bob Huggins made it an identity. I'm Justice Rohde, and love it or hate it, this is the Full Court Press. We're back, back at school baby I'm your host Justice Rohde And today we're going to be catching up On some college hoop summer action A little bit of the FIBA World Cup Some other enticing segments Some fun team to watch coming up this year And a brand new segment that will be unveiled At the end of the episode Stay tuned for that But first we have to kick it off With where did you go? A 10-minute segment real quick on how uh, college summers went all around the globe. So, Purdue went on a little bit of a European tour a little bit. Apologies for the voice, by the way. A little congested. Just still getting over a cold from the weekend. Purdue, mind you, is bringing back Zach Eadie. They're bringing back Zach Eadie. Okay, they're going to be just fine. They were without him because... Matt Painter felt it was best to bring along some of his young guys, some of those sophomores that were returning, just to see what he had coming into this season with a freshly reloaded roster. They went 4-0. and They beat a bunch of teams that I'm not going to take the time to name because, let's be honest, they are some really hard names to pronounce, and I don't really want to try to pronounce them to do them due diligence and not actually butcher their names. But Purdue's story was not Braden Smith, a returning point guard. It was not Fletcher Lawyer who lit up the Big Ten last year. It wasn't Mason Gillis. It wasn't even Will Berg, their stud uh, seven-two backup big man that I thought was actually going to get a ton of minutes. No, it was actually one other sophomore that kind of went under the radar last year. Trey Kaufman Wren, six foot nine power forward from the state of Indiana. He had double figures in all four of Purdue's wins overseas. Including a 24 point double double to end their overseas excursion on a perfect 4-0. I went back and doing some research for the podcast And I was looking through the film of it and I was thinking to myself, okay, I don't know what I really expect to see here out of Purdue. I just want to see some solid basketball and I want to see some cohesion. I'm going to be completely and utterly honest with you. I saw Trey Kaufman run live at pinnacle bank arena. I knew he was on the team, but I had to go back into Google Look at Purdue's roster for the 23 24 season just to figure out who he actually was. Again, not Zach Eady, Not Braden Smith, not Fletcher Lawyer, not Will Berg, not Mason Gillis, not Ethan Morton, not Caleb First. Trey Kaufman Wren. Double figures. Hats off to the young man. He looked dominant in interior play. He was cleaning up the glass efficiently. He had a high motor and a high energy on the defensive end. He played extremely hard, showed some decent touch with a mid range and even an outside shot in one of the games I watched. More of an interior guy. He's going to be some backup cover for most of the year, is what I'm assuming. In that front court position that is so loaded for Purdue, Matt Painter does an excellent job recruiting the front court position for Purdue. I did not expect to see, and kudos to the young man for taking a step up. I did not expect to see that kind of dominating performance. But it was also something so subtle with Purdue, the ball movement. Again, that beautiful zoom action they run from the from the deep corner and from the baseline to get Fletcher Lawyer easy looks, then dump ins Trey kaufman Run, who just har rolled so perfectly off of every single zoom action they ran. Little simplistic things, Matt Painter has to be encouraged by what he saw. Purdue going 4-0 in the middle of Europe. Another team that went 4-0 was the University of Kentucky. Now, Kentucky had a little bit of a down year last year for their standards. Still made the NCAA tournament. Kentucky brought in a wealth of talent. Rob Dillingham. Aaron Bradshaw, Reed Shepard. They bring back Antonio Reeves. They have a wealth of talent in that starting lineup. And don't forget the super freshman they brought in, Justin Edwards. Now, they represented Team USA at the Global Jam in Canada. They beat Team Canada twice. That's a team with Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Lou Dort, who didn't, who were kind of on a, limits restri- a minute's restriction. They just wanted to kind of get them warm for the FIBA World Cup. But still, super encouraging stuff from Kentucky. Aaron Bradshaw looked like a threat off the bench as the center position was erasing shots, playing with a high motor, dunking literally everything that he touched. It was incredible watching some of the the highlights and the recaps. Reed Shepard looked like the second coming of J.J. Redick literally catching and shooting anything, including he shot one from like beyond the volleyball line. It looked like a 35-footer. Incredible long-range shooting from that young man. Rob Dillingham really ran the show for them well. I thought, you know, I was looking back, and with the loss of Xavier Wheeler, who transferred to Washington, with the loss of some guys going to the NBA, you know, I kind of sat there and I thought, okay, so Reeves isn't going to handle the ball. Okay, that's fine. Xavier Wheeler was a big, big big-time playmaker for them, opened up a lot of things for them. How's Rob Dillingham going to do that? He's more of a creator. He likes the ball in his hands. He looked fine. He looked adjusted, looked calm, looked composed. Shook up some Team Canada guys. Not the a Team Canada team with Dylan Brooks and Lou Dorn on either side of the wings. They they do a job. He looked calm and composed, but he still wasn't the story. The story was, my God, is Justin Edwards going to be scary? Now... Justin Edwards pretty much needs no introduction. Number three player in the class out of Emotep prep in Pennsylvania. Uh, Led his team to a Geico Nationals appearance, which has never really happened for a team like Emotep. When I say looking back at the highlights that Justin Edwards jumped off the tape, Justin Edwards jumped off the tape. 6'7", lefty, long, athletic, Smooth, mid-range jumper. Not necessarily a three guy. He loves to get to the rim. He loves seeking contact, which is something that Kentucky has desperately needed for years. They needed, a, they needed a wing like him who can just go and get his own bucket when they need it. Who can attack the rim with ferocity. Who can play the kind of game that he plays. I watched the tape. The, first, the literally first highlight I saw was a kick to the wing. Edwards goes Jimmy Rip, he goes to the interior, he meets a, he meets whoever met him at the rim, throws it down and yells something that I can't repeat on air. But he was showing some of that competitive fire that Kentucky's just kind of seemed to miss. You know, you look back at some past Kentucky teams and obviously Kentucky had that loaded 2020 team. Devin Askew, BJ Boston, Terrence Clark, rest in peace. They just had names upon names upon names upon names. And don't forget. DJ Wagner's here too. Like like Edwards wasn't even the most tatted recruit because DJ Wagner existed. And DJ Wagner, to be honest, didn't really play a huge factor. I don't exactly know what the what the Calipari. I'm sure. I'm sure Wagner's gonna start the point. I don't. Dillingham will probably come off the bench. It was really the Justin Edwards show. He was physical, ferocious, relentless in attack. He looked the complete package to me, and to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, for you sitting at home. I would not be surprised that if in the year of our Lord 2024, when that NBA draft rolls around, if Justin Edwards' name is announced as a top three pick, I believe he's got the talent. He's got the upside. All he has to do is put it together. But Kentucky, impressive 4-0. They won the Global Jam, represented Team USA well, and did a really, really good job cementing some excitement and some hope in BBN for the upcoming season. Now switching gears a little bit to the feeble world cup. That's been going on for a little bit. We've seen some excitements. There's been some teams, but but clearly four teams have kind of risen. The cream of the crop, you know, they've kind of they've kind of gotten to the top now. Um Slovenia. Now Slovenia's got one main player, Luka Dončić. But also they've had some good supporting performances. Now obviously Luca's incredible. Luca's a top five player in the NBA and it's not even close. And he torched Japan. He did his best against Canada today, unfortunately falling in a loss to a loaded Canadian team. That's a loaded Canadian team. But we've seen some some good performances. You know, obviously, Luka's been there. He's doing his thing. But they lost to Canada today. And the box score reads like this. It's Luka, 26 points. Zoran Dragic, he's also been big for them. Not Goran Dragic, it's Zoran Dragic. He's dropped 10. Uh, Clemen. Prepa dropped 22. He's been another big-time player for them. So Slovenia's got some guys. They've been playing really well. They play smooth. They move the ball. They do the job. Right? Luka's the big-time player. He's dang near impossible to guard pretty much every night on the floor. He's been a big reason why Slovenia's made it as far as they did now, obviously, falling to Canada in the quarterfinal today. They've been really impressive. Canada's going to move on to the semifinals. But that's, I mean, Slovenia's been one of the better teams there. I believe they've already qualified for the Olympics. So hats off to them. They've actually done a tremendous job putting themselves in real good shape. Canada, the team they lost to. Now, my cards are going to be presented on the table here. <clears throat> I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I've been since they moved to Oklahoma in 2008. Since I moved to Oklahoma in like 2009, I've been a fan. Okay, I've been a fan for a long time. I've been a fan almost as almost as long as the team's been alive. Shea is one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. He's he's one of my favorite players on the Thunder. Lou Dort, also Canadian, also on the Thunder. I show my cards, there's a little bit of bias. Canada plays so gum smooth. And they defend the ball really well. Like, obviously Dylan Brooks gets his flack, and I've talked about him in a previous episode. The live special, by the way. Go check that one out if you haven't on Spotify and on the KRNU website. If you haven't checked that one out yet, just a quick plug. Dylan Brooks... For all of his troubles, defends the wing really, really well. Yeah, he does he does one thing really well, and that's defend the basketball when he needs to. Lou Dort, the Dortcher Chamber, he needs no introduction. These probably, you know, he's got some infamous low lights, obviously getting the the three blocked and then thrown off of him by James Harden. Locking up Kawhi and then having Kawhi go for thirty five the next night. That wasn't really the greatest, but Canada's been really impressive, not because of their defensive performance, but also because Shea Gildress-Alexander has looked really, really good. RJ Barrett's kind of hit a different stride. He's had 20 in the past couple games. He's looked really good, positive going downhill. Shea's had 30 a couple games. Canada's looked really, really solid. I got to touch on Germany now. Germany absolutely scares the bejesus out of me as a Team USA fan. We saw them in a a preseason exhibition in Vegas. And I'm going to be honest, watching the game, it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all for the first three quarters. It wasn't pretty. Germany is big. They are physical. They know exactly what they want to do. The Wagner brothers are imposing in the front court. Daniel Tice, he's your classic NBA big man. He has a wealth of NBA experience. He provides a physical presence. Dennis Schroeder, he, for some reason, just decides to turn into one of the greatest players on human earth whenever he puts on a Germany jersey. Although not today. He shot like four for 26 today. Franz Wagner had to bail them out. But outside of the little bleak spot they've had, Germany's actually looked really good. And then take on Team USA. Now, Germany, they've kind of run through everybody. They barely survived Latvia today. A good team, by the way, Latvia with Davis Bertans, obviously, is a key player. Another Oklahoma City guy. Big time plug there. But but Germany, Germany hasn't been bad. I also didn't know that Isaac Bonga was on the team. That's hilarious. Now Isaac Bonga's on the team. But yeah, Dennis Schroeder's been their big guy. Um Franz Wagner is leading the team in efficiency. Dennis Schroeder leads their team in points with 18. Franz Wagner behind him with 13. Franz, Franz Wagner also leads their team in rebounds. Watch out for him on the Magic. He's actually going to be a real, real stud for them. But now, uh, Team Germany will take on Team USA in the semifinal coming up. What, what day is that? I'm trying to see real quick. I'm trying to give you guys a plug. They will play... Team USA, this is Friday, right? Yes, they're going to play Team USA on Friday at 7.40, ESPN+. Plus. That's going to be big. I'm excited for that game. That's going to be one to watch. Canada also takes on Serbia at 3.45. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. We could be set up for an all-North American final, folks. That'll be really, really interesting. All right, now it's time to take the next, like, four minutes of this Segment to just rave on how much I love Team USA, actually. Not really, because I actually have to uh, rave on Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Um, team USA's look really good. They average 101 points per game through the FIBA, through, throughout the whole FIBA World Cup. That's actually the most in the entire tournament for any national team. They lead it in efficiency. I'm pretty sure they lead it in rebounds, too. Um, they're big. They're physical. Anthony Edwards is a monster. He's going to be really, really good this year. Y- you know, the books kind of out on Anthony Edwards. Yeah, this guy's really good. You kind of have to, you know, stick a guy or two on him. You know, maybe just once in a while. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton's look like a really good number one guard. I know me, me and my buddies have talked about him kind of being, you know, maybe you know this kind of top five level guy as a point guard. His game's proven it right now. He's putting the money where the mouth is. He looks really good. Paolo obviously could have chosen Team Italy. He's decided to come to Team USA. He's been big for us. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks every bit of the deep boy he was last year, yada, yada, yada. They're going to be really good. I'm excited for them to play Germany. I think Germany will give Team USA problems with their size. But nonetheless, they're really, really good. Uh, I think Team USA should win it all. That should be the expectation. Also, shout-out Austin Reeves for putting in some some great spark plug performances for us. We really, really needed that as a Team USA fan. gosh, showing my cards a little bit. But, no, they've looked really good. They look really impressive. And tune in at 740 to watch them hopefully beat Germany. If they lose, I'm going to be crying. So, got to stay tuned for that. Um. Gotta give a quick shout out to my boy Rondande. Ronde Hollis Jefferson. He's been putting in some big-time performances for Jordan. Obviously, they're eliminated from the FIBA World Cup. But um, 2K17 legend Rondonde Hollis Jefferson. I call him Rondonde. His real name's Ronde. <coughs> oh, excuse me. He's looked really, really good. He's put in a shift. And uh you know, he's kind of looked like lefty Kobe, lefty Jordan, whatever you want to call him. I think there's some teams that need him in the NBA. I think the Cavs could really do with a guy like him, obviously. The Phoenix Suns could always use a little bit of bench depth. He'd be interesting in Miami. He'd be interesting for a I'd love to see him in Brooklyn. love to see him in Brooklyn. I think he'd be great in Brooklyn. Run it back. Run it back, Nets. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And finally... Um, I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to express my amazement on the fact that Tremont Waters, who was the point guard for Puerto Rico, I absolutely love what he did in the G League for the Maine Red Claws turned Maine Celtics. Um, he's the point guard for the Puerto Rico national team. They released some footage, like he threw himself a self-lob and like caught the easiest windmill I've ever seen. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a 5'9 guy windmill that easy. So shout out to Tremont Waters for actually being able to windmill. Did not know that was a thing. Okay. Fun teams to watch this year. I got three of them. College basketball. We're shifting it back. We shifted gears. We're shifting it up. Then we shifted back down to first gear. Florida. Now, you're probably wondering, Justice, why do I care about Florida basketball? They won titles back-to-back in the early 2000s, back when Billy Donovan was the head coach. They got a young head coach, exciting head coach, former San Francisco guy Todd Golden. They brought in a good transfer in Walter Clayton. I really thought he was really good. They bring back a couple of really good guys from last year's squad. They're going to be feisty, and they're going to be annoying, and they're going to be pesky, and they're going to do Florida things. Okay? The big thing to watch is they lost Colin Castleton signed with the Lakers. With Florida, they bring back a bunch of guys that I actually think are really good. And Walter Clayton was incredible for Iona. And for Rick Pitino with that whole squad there, they were really, really good. Uh, Walter Clayton, I thought was actually a really complete scorer. Actually looked really, really solid for that Iona tournament run. But yeah, Walter Clayton, they got him. Riley Kugel's back. I actually was really impressed with Riley Kugel. He looked really good. Um, Will Richard, he's still there. Um, I say still there. He transferred him from Belmont. He is really, really good too. Uh, Alex Condon. Uh, the freshman from the NBA Global Academy, he'll be big for them. And uh, obviously, they still they still have some experience. Uh, Todd Golden brings in Julian Rishwain, who is from San Francisco. That's another one of his guys that he has. But uh, they play an exciting style of basketball, and I'm really interested to see what Florida can do. Uh, my second one's UCSB. Uh, the University of California in Santa Barbara brought in actually, uh, it's Johan Treore is the guy that I wanted to talk about. So he had a kind of an up and down year at Auburn, really highly talented guy, four-star recruit out of high school. Everybody kind of has the book on him. Dream City Christian guy. He transferred him from Auburn. Everybody kind of knows the thing with him. 6'11-235. UCSB made the tournament last year. Uh, head coach Joe Pasternak. I thought they actually played a really, really uh, impressive uh, tournament. You know, before getting knocked out. But UCSB, they recruited the West Coast really well, which is a big thing. They also have some international flavor. Uh, a couple guys from Serbia and South Sudan. <coughs> Excuse me. But they just recruit really well. They recruit internationally really well. And uh, Johan Traore is going to be a singular factor in why they're really, really good. That and the fact that I really do think Joe Pasternak needs to be in a high major job. Like this dude, he's got some stuff that he runs that's just funky. It's really neat to see. I actually think they're going to be really good. Watch out for UCSB. If they get, like, an 11 seed and they get to play, like, some slacking 6 seed, don't be surprised if they make, like, a sweet 16 run coming up. I'm really impressed by what I've seen from UCSB. (coughs) And finally, Homer Bias, Wichita State. Now, with Wichita State, obviously they bring in S-X-O-R-U coach, Paul Mills. I've actually been really impressed by what he's done. He's brought in a bunch of, like the top guys from like the old Oklahoma 2021, 2020 recruiting classes. Um, they've got some guys. They really do. They bring in uh experienced forward, Jacob Germany from UTSA. That's another one of those Oklahoma guys. Uh, they bring in Dalen Riginal Yeah. David Riginal from Missouri state. He's a forward graduate student. Um, they recruit internationally. They've got a lot of NBA Academy guys. They bring in Harlan Beverly from Miami. That was a big time transfer. Bijan Cortez, who got starting minutes for Oklahoma. They got some guys. Ronnie DeGray, yeah, like they, they got some guys. Xavier Bell from Drexel, he was actually really solid for them. Their uh their tournament game like two years ago against Illinois. They were really solid. Don't be surprised if Paul Mills makes this one work. Okay. Final conference little thing here, actually unveiling a new segment here, (coughs) excuse me, golly, Um, this one's called rewind the grind, so basically the premise of this is I saw um, a little thing on NBA Twitter that basically said, if you can go back in time and rewind one player's career, like restart their career, who to be, so we're going to make this into a weekly segment because I love exploiting little tweets for free content, so... Brandon Roy is my topic for this week. Obviously, degenerative knee issues robbed him of what was a really good career. If we actually go to Brandon Roy's basketball reference page, it's good stuff. Three-time All-Star, two-time, NBA, two-time All-NBA guy, 2006-2007 Rookie of the Year, All-Rookie Team. Timberwolves and Trailblazers guy, when he was with, uh, his stretch with Portland was really good. Let me just highlight that. I'm not a reference aficionado, but he's like, his numbers with Portland are good. So he's got 16.8, 19.1, 22.6, 21.5, and then 12.2. Then he had to medically retire. Cause his knee issues started flaring up like 2010, 2011. Like just had like some arthritis or like a weird degenerative um, thing in his knee. It was like super weird what happened to him. It was like a one in a million thing. I don't think he actually could have avoided it. But his per 36 is a really good. Um, He was also a defensive monster, like low key, like 1.2, 1.1, 1.1 steals per game. Um, Decent rebounding guard. Uh, 5.8 assists, 5.1 assists in his two, like, really good seasons, the 07, 08, 08, 09. Um, pretty efficient guy. Effective field goal percentage, 49%. Uh, 48, you know, 49% again, 51, 51. He took a high volume of shots, though. Like, his field goal percentage was also always, like, really solid for that era. Obviously, guys have gotten a lot more efficient these days. But like, back then, that's pretty solid stuff. Decent three-point shooter, 38%. But yeah, he had some really good numbers. Um, they could have been really awesome because they had LaMarcus Aldridge. If Greg Odom actually would have like stayed healthy, that's another guy that we could do on the series. Like they were, they were good. Like, like he kind of ran into the young Dame Lillard series thing. Him and LaMarcus Aldridge would have been awesome. Um, he was a three level guy. Really explosive athlete, good, tw- quick twitch guy. Go watch his handle and his highlights back. He actually looked really, really be- like good in highlights. But I don't even think like highlights do him justice because his vision was really, really good. Uh, defensive monster. A lot of people actually thought after those first two th- seasons that he would like be like comparable or better than D Wade. There were some pundits who came out and said that. I don't know how translatable that would have been, but like the potential's there. He's a monster three-level athlete, really, really good player. And he finished out his career in Minnesota for one year, just trying to kind of make it work, see if he could come back from the injuries. Obviously, he couldn't. But if I could just, like, go back and I could just, you know, reach a healing hand in there and just go into that knee and just say, you don't get to break down. I think Brandon Roy would have been really awesome. Obviously, two All-NBA teams. He was a three-time All-Star like he was really really good also super fun to use on 2k his handle package is nasty love his midi his midi is really really sweet Um, almost a smart player pick and roll guy but yeah brandon roy dude he was a stud you guys get the chance go back and watch his highlights he was a stud really did the job as my slide is like falling off here in the studio um but yeah so that's the rewind the grind for this week it is brandon roy Well, folks, that will do for this week's episode of the Full Court Press. Again, if you like what you see, you know, give it a like on Spotify. I'm probably going to throw up another poll on Spotify to see who sh- who I should do next. I'll give you guys a couple options for this, because again, want you want you at home to be involved with what. Uh, I'm doing here at the Full Court Press. As always, if you have any suggestions, any comments, any concerns, reach out to me on Snapchat AJ, at JJ underscore Rody and on Instagram at the same handle. Or if you have my number, just shoot me a text. Other than that, I'm Justice Rody. This has been the Full Court Press. We'll see you next week.